Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Connectivity Podcast. We're here to educate, entertain, and inform. So tune in as we have conversations with various business owners, athletes, influencers, you name it. Our goal is to provide our listeners with as much value as possible, so we really hope you enjoy your experience as you listen. All right, so I'm here today with a homie of mine, Alex Brown, um, a man of many, many talents, musician, um, public speaker, blogger, you name it. This guy is a, a, a true wordsmith, is what I'll call him. How you doing Appreciate today, homie? Appreciate it, man. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just uh, enjoying the sunshine here, man. It's a beautiful day, so just uh, definitely enjoying that while we can, you know? So. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, I love it. I think yesterday was actually the first day of summer, officially. Today. Today. Oh, today. Yeah, the 21st, bro. Yeah, the 21st. Okay. Even, even, oh, yeah. Today's the summer solstice. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, so I'll take it back, for those who don't know, to the very first time I met you. I think it was about two, two and a half years ago. Um, we are at an event, and uh, you were rocking the mic, and you were dropping a freestyle. And uh, I'm going to tell you, one of the illest freestyles I've heard you know, off of YouTube, in person, you name it. I'll, uh, I'll definitely stack you up there. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was, it was dope. I was just, like, blown away. I was like, yo, like, how can he, like, think of things to say so quickly and make them make sense and just, like, play off of the crowd? And um, I'll admit, I was a little bit envious because, you know, <laughs> I wish I wish I had skills like that. But um, we all got skills, man. I'm sure you got a lot of stuff and that you're good at that, you know, sure. that a lot of people would envy themselves on me. <laughs> Fair enough. But um, so how did you get good at, at freestyling? Is it something that just came naturally to you or is it something that you had to work on consistently till you got to this level? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely working at it, man. No, I was not very good when I started. Uh, I remember back in high school. Uh, just like free, like freestyle battle rap and friends, we'd like you know get drunk at these parties and stuff like that. And I would freestyle battle rap other you know homies that were into it at the time. And nah, man, I sucked when I began. Man, I was pretty bad. Um, but I wanted uh, when I first started like really taking it seriously and practicing it every day. I didn't think it was gonna turn into anything. I just wanted to get better at rap. That was the only thing running through my mind. And I read a. Have you ever heard of the Way of the Superior Man by David Data? No, I haven't actually it's an amazing book and there, you know, it, it encompasses just like masculine energy and drive and how to deal with women and stuff like that. But one of the things that I took away from that book was uh, the power of consistency. And he mess he mentions in the beginning that whatever it is that you want to do in life, like regardless, like if you want to be a painter, if you want to be a musician, if you want to be in business, anything that if you're not willing to do it for an absolute minimum of one hour, every single day, then you don't want it that badly and you should spend your time doing something else. And that really hit close to home for me. And so, you know, at the time I was really into hip hop and rap and that was what I wanted to do for my life. And so I was like, okay, you know what? That makes total sense. And I agree with it 100%. So I made a commitment right then and there. I still remember the day it was March 17th, 2015. I made a commitment that I was going to practice freestyle rapping every single day for a minimum of one hour. And I did, bro, I did every single day. And at first I didn't really see anything happen. It like, like I was just like practicing by myself in my room. And, you know, I would still go to shows and do performances, but I was still pretty bad. And, you know, about six months into this of me practicing every day, uh, 
things began to, mm, things be, like started changing. They started shifting for me. I all of a sudden realized that I was able to hold the audience's attention in a way that I was never, never able to do before. The more I went out, I started realizing that people were contacting me after shows. Like I'd have uh, promoters, event marketers, and just other people that are trying to promote their shows and have their venues where they want artists to come through. They would be reaching out to me on social media, through email. I would have people coming up to me after shows telling me how much they enjoyed it. Soon after that, like I was getting paid to go and perform. I was getting hired at birthday parties and weddings. I even got a job uh, at Fire and Ice. You know Fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Fire and Ice. Yeah, man. I had a DJ homie that was working there and I performed there one night. And I guess the, the owner had the, of the club had seen the performance that I did. And he, call, he called up my DJ homie and he's like, yeah, we want that guy to come through like every weekend. And so I got a job working at Fire and Ice as a freestyle rapper. And it was like the coolest thing. I was like getting invited to perform um, on live radio at summer camps for kids. I was winning freestyle battle rap competitions all throughout the city. And it was like my whole world had completely changed in about three years time. And it was because I took on this one habit of practicing my craft for just an hour a day. And that's basically how I got you know, pretty good at it, I guess you could say. So Yeah, that's amazing, man. I bet I bet you're gonna make a lot of people envious after this. <laughs> Who doesn't want to get paid to freestyle, you know? Especially we can all do it, man. We can all do what we want. We just gotta put in we gotta put in our reps, you know? Yeah, fair enough. So so when it comes to freestyling and being put on the spot like that, do you ever get nervous that, you know, maybe you won't be able to think of something quick enough? Or would you say that because of the practice that you put in that wasn't really a thought that crossed your mind. You just felt confident that, you know, I can take this on. Because for me, that's that's one thing that's always held me back. Like, you know, I'm always like, what if, you know, I just start spitting rubbish and, and it yeah. makes no sense. Or I just like, <laughs> I think back to 8 Mile. You know, <laughs> just freeze up in front of everybody. So do you have those feelings too? Uh, in the beginning, yeah. I mean, like, I think after a year, that, that fear was replaced with excitement. And it became something that I looked forward to rather than, you know, dreaded because I had done it so many times at that point that I wasn't afraid of it anymore. And I had gotten so many positive responses from people that my confidence was like, you know, like I, I just wasn't afraid of it. I could do it. And I know each and every time it was going to be a good show. And here's the thing about freestyling is that even when you are freestyling, there are people, they wear like the same type of clothing. I have a routine where I get everybody to dig into their pockets and they hold out, hold out an item and I'll just grab it and I'll start rapping about that item. Right. Like people love it. They go crazy for it. And when I do that, I did that over and over again and people would keep on giving me the same stuff. They'd like had me keys. They had me cell phone. Sometimes it'd be like condoms. Other times it would be like some weird kind of like uh, weird, interesting looking pen, but it was all the same stuff. And so I started to get really good at just making jokes and random raps about these things that people were handing me. So I knew what I was going to say. It almost, it almost like stopped being a freestyle at that point because I knew what I was going to say and I knew the majority of things that people were going to hand me. And so it was confidence. I was not afraid of it anymore just because I knew how it was going to go down. So yeah, that's, that's dope, man. If people were handing out items, if anybody was handing out money, I would have just you know, yeah. run, but. <laughs> people handed out a lot of money too, man. Like, yeah, I, I was like working at fire and ice and people would give me like 50, $100 tips just for like the performance, man. It was really cool. And so, yeah, man, it's, uh, 
at the end of the day, like it becomes like anything else. You just practice it a lot and you really get confident at it because you get good and you get that positive feedback from other people. Yes. That's cool, man. That's cool. So how did you get into rap and hip hop originally? Is it something that you just grew up with? Um, or who, who are some of your inspirations that, uh, that got you thinking as a kid that, you know, there's some cool that I want to do and um, this is the way I want to express myself? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. It, I mean, my mom, she listened to a lot of uh, R&B and she liked hip hop, too. She listened to a lot of like um, Dre. She liked Busta, um, especially old school Dre, like 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, late 90s. when you had like 2001 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but like I didn't really get into it. I didn't even really like it at first, man. When I was like a little kid, I didn't really get into it until I heard my first Eminem record. And the reason why, because like I, I always really liked words growing up. Um, when I was in school, I was failing every single class, but I always did good at language arts. I was always into like writing stories and writing. I, I just loved writing. I loved words, right? And so when I heard Eminem for the first time and really paid attention to what he was saying, I was just so enthralled and encapsulated with the way he was able to put his lyrics together. And like, he was able to get so creative with the type of words that he used. And, and like, you would like, especially like 20 years ago when he was first coming out, nobody was rapping that way. Nobody. And, you know, everybody raps that way now. But like nobody was doing it that way back then. And I was just so inspired by that. I, there was something about it that really spoke to me that I really wanted to do. And so when I like, re I really studied and just picked apart his lyrics and I, I just, there was something about it that really spoke to me, that appealed to me, that resonated with like some kind of like deep, deep kind of, I don't know how to explain it, man. It just, it really spoke to me in a way that nothing else did before. And so, yeah, that was what really got me into it. And then from there, I started expanding. I started listening to people like Nas, Big L. I started listening to Busta, Papoose, Cassidy, you know, all of the, the lyrical giants, you know what I'm saying? Like the, yeah, the tyrants, the, you know, the menacing guys, I really enjoyed them. And um, yeah, man. And then from there, you know, I just, you know, kept practicing, I kept improving and then it just kind of blossomed into what it was. So that's kind of how it happened. That's what's up. So who would you say is on your rap Rushmore for, uh, for all time greats? If you could give me three to five names, you know, Eminem. So obviously, Eminem. who else would you put up there? Uh, Eminem, I would put Nas right next to M. Um, Rakim, Rakim. Papoose uh, and DMX. 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 DMX was never that lyrical, but like just his raw aggressiveness. And like, there was just something about the way, and I just really appreciated the fact that he was like, he was honest to himself, but then he had that side to him when he was like really religious and like devoted to, devoted to God. So he had like that street hood mentality because he grew up in that environment, but he was like trying so hard to put himself on the right path and devote himself to Jesus and to be a good man. And there was something about, you know, the dichotomy between those two differences that I found really appealing that I never really saw in any other rapper. So definitely DMX was up there. Um, if I could fit uh, Tupac into there, uh, man, you know what? Let's take Papoose off and put Tupac because, I, yeah, I love Papoose. He's one of the most lyrical rappers I've ever seen, but he lacks emotion. He lacks like that depth. And Tupac was, uh, he was just a brilliant artist in every way. He wasn't the most lyrical, but he didn't need it at all. You know, he used his words in such a powerful way that they didn't need to be complicated. They didn't need to be intricate or anything like that. He was just so good at expressing himself honestly, authentically, and he was just real in everything that he said and did. And so, yeah, definitely put Tupac up there. 
Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned DMX. I feel like he gets uh, he gets disrespected a lot when it comes yeah. to some greats in the rap game. But you he gets know, cut short, like, man. Yeah, yeah, but his impact was yeah. was crazy. You know, mm-hmm. as growing up, I remember just like nobody would get me more hype than DMX. <laughs> it's just it's just facts, you know. Yeah, man. Nice, nice. What about today? Who who are you listening to in uh, in today's game? Are there any um any artists you really like? I like Logic a lot, even though I don't really listen to him a whole bunch nowadays. Uh, I've always really liked Logic. Um, I used to listen to a lot of Token. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like a young dude from uh, uh, Massachusetts there. Um, to be honest with you, man, nowadays I'm not really listening to a lot of hip-hop. I'm listening more to like uh, when I go for my runs or when I'm working out, I'm listening to a lot of like uh, personal development podcasts and stuff like that. So. I don't listen to a lot of, uh, especially new stuff. I'll, listen, I'll go back and I'll listen to some, you know, older cats that I enjoyed when I was a kid growing up. But I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff nowadays, really, to be honest with you, man. So, so let's, um, let's transition a little bit because I know that you've, you've kind of transitioned out of music and you're focused more on personal development, public speaking, blogging. Why is that something that's, that's so important for you to get into and... Um, share your experiences and, and how you feel on that subject matter? Yeah. Um, well, when I was a kid, even though like things were really good for me as a kid, like I didn't have no traumatic experiences growing up. You know, I always had a roof over my head. I had food on the table and clothes on my back. I was very unhappy growing up. And it was because I, uh, it was because of the way I looked at things, you know, I had a very negative attitude. I got myself into a lot of trouble that was completely unnecessary and a lot of it had to do with the things that I was consuming, EI, a lot of the rap music. Um, and, you know, even though I love rap, I still make music to this day, man. I always will. I still perform whenever I get, you know, contacted by somebody and they want me to perform. I'm still always open to do that. In fact, I incorporate a lot of my freestyles into my, uh, my uh, public speaking presentations as like today, you know. But I was the type of kid that was just, you know, always getting into trouble. I failed pretty much every class in high school. I ended up dropping out three times. I was a unmotivated, pot-smoking delinquent, basically, who had nothing and was going nowhere, you know? And so when music helped me straighten things out, because if it wasn't for music and me actually pursuing rap when I was like 22, that, you know, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do what I'm doing now. There's no way I'd be able to give a speaking presentation in front of 800, 1,000 people if I had not performed, you know, hundreds of times for thousands of people first as a rapper. There's no way I would be able to do that. And so uh, music paved the way for me to be doing what I am now. And the reason why I'm doing what I am now, like the reason why I made that transition over from music into personal development, public speaking, coaching, and things of that nature is because even though I love music and I enjoyed it, I just felt I had so much more to give than just that. I felt like there was so much more to me than just, you know, me rapping about stuff that people are holding up to me. You know what I mean? And me and like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. And I still love it to this day, but I knew that I had more to give. I knew that I was able to, that I could serve others better with other skills that I wanted to develop and that I wanted to hone in on. And so, and at the time too, like, man, Dennis, like I, I had so many doubts when I was like really pursuing music, like I was just like thinking to myself constantly almost, even when things were going good, even when, you know, things were happening to me, like I was getting clients into my studio, we were recording, I was making money from that. I was performing at shows, I got my uh, hired at the club and stuff. Even while all this was happening and things were coming together for me, I just, I had so much doubt and anxiety about this path. 
And I think right then and there, that was like a sign that, you know, maybe there's something else out there for me. And it took a while for me to figure that out. But when I gave my first public speech back in 2017, and I saw the effect it had on the audience that I was speaking to, and then when I gave my second speech and my third speech, and I saw like how people were just enthralled with what I was saying and the message I was delivering, I was like, okay, we, we got something here. Maybe I need to explore this more. And maybe, you know, this can lead to something. And it's like three years later, man, and it's like, yeah, I'm on a completely new path and I'm loving every minute of it, man. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing right now. So that's what's up, man. So yeah. you, you talked about having some doubts about your music career. Just wondering where you, where do you think those doubts came from? And why do you think it's it's different with public speaking? Like, do you still have those same doubts or have you been able to work through those and battle through those and uh, you don't feel the same way anymore? Mm. The doubts, to be honest with you, I don't know where they came from, man. I think we all battle with that in our lives. I think every single person has that own, their own internal struggle where they're trying to figure out what it is they want to do, how they can best serve others and where their gifts, talents, and abilities lie. Um, so yeah, I just think it's a process of learning how to deal with them the right way and not let them completely take over your life. I don't know if it's something that ever completely goes away. Because like even now, you know, it's not like, they're not as strong. They're not as prominent as they used to be. Um, but I still feel it. I still doubt myself from time to time, from time to time with what I'm doing. You know, I doubt if, you know, like if I put out this blog post, is it going to help anybody? I doubt if, you know, things are going to play out the exact way that I want them to in the future. We all go through that. Um, I think it's really important at the end of the day to just trust that you're doing it for the right reasons. And if you are doing it for the right reasons, then things will come together for you. Because when you know in your heart why you're doing this and the kind of impact that you want to have on others, I feel like things just happen. And even though it may not be happening at a pace that you would like to see it happen at, it's just like the fact that you're coming from a place of authenticity within you and within your purpose, your, t your intent is clear. That right there, you're signaling to the universe that you're serious about this and that it's coming from a place of, of genuine love where you just want to help others and you want to make a difference in their lives. And then things just happen. You meet the right people at the right time. You make the right connection. The right opportunity just seems to present itself to you and doors begin to open up. But it all comes with you, first of all, believing that, you know, you can do it, putting in the work, putting in your reps, and then being patient and letting go of any attachments of when you think it should happen. That's a tricky one. Like I'm still dealing with that one, bro. Like, like letting go of the attachment, like you can have your five year plan and everything like that. It's great. I think you should have like a five, 10 year plan, whatever it happens to be for yourself. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's not going to happen within the time frame that you want it to. And so you got to be okay with that, you know? And so it's a tricky thing, but um, yeah, I, it, it just comes to understanding that, you know, doubts are going to come and go and you got to learn how to deal with them in a way that, you know, you can keep pushing forward. No, definitely. I agree with you a thousand percent on on having doubts. Like I, I second question my second second guess myself. Um, not as often as I used to, but you know, anybody going down the entrepreneurial path is going to have moments where they're like, you know, is is this what I'm meant to do? Is this what I should be doing? Maybe yeah. I just go back to school and you know play it safe like everybody else. But um, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten is when you feel that doubt or fear in your stomach, just do it, mm -hmm. you know, because you have the choice to either go through with it or to it's fight, fight or flight. Yeah. Like either go through with it or you run away. Most people choose to run away. And I feel like they just strengthen that muscle. 
Yeah. Right? So then you do it once, you're more yep. prone to do it again and over and over. And the same thing the other direction. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one thing that's really, really helped me. Um, where did you hear that piece of advice? That is gold. Where did I hear that piece of advice? A friend of mine told me that in university, actually. No doubt. Give him a yeah. gold star sticker, man. That, that right there, that's, that's solid advice, man. Like just to do it anyway, you know? And so, and I'm sure you've put that into practice in your own life and have seen that once you did take action, you felt better about yourself, right? You Definitely. felt more confident. You felt more self-assured. It's all it, about just doing what you got to do to move forward. And it just gets easier and easier the more you do it, right? You, you feel that feeling and, you know, majority of the time, it's just like, it's just made up stuff in your head. Yeah. And like you were saying, <clears throat> as long as it's coming from a real place and a place of authenticity, then there, there's really nothing to doubt. There's really nothing to fear. You know what I'm saying? So true, man. Yeah. So what, what would you say in terms of personal development, what would you say is your favorite topic to, to speak on or to blog about, or, uh, or maybe if you have a couple that, uh, that really resonate with you and um, you feel like you can really add some value to people by, sh by sharing your thoughts. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, first and foremost, uh, discipline, discipline, good quality habits is something that I've spent many years instilling into my own life and my own lifestyle. Uh, I make sure that my days are mapped out every single night before I go to sleep. So that way I wake up with a mission every day. And the way that this has just enhanced the quality of my life is beyond comprehension simply because now I have a focus, I have an aim, I have a mission, I have a purpose. And every single task that I put on is in alignment with the overall scope of the vision that I'm trying to build in my life. And so because I was once that person who had no discipline, no self-control, I was completely immature with the things that I was doing. I was eating like crap. I wasn't exercising. I was overweight when I was a kid. Uh, at my heaviest, I was like 170 pounds at 12 years old, which is pretty big for that age. Yeah. Uh, you know what kid. I mean? Like, yeah, I was the fat kid, bro. <laughs> I was. Um, but, you know, as I grew older and I slowly started to, you know, get out of that way of thinking and behaving, I was slowly over time. Like, And, and that's the thing, too. Like, it's always a slow progress to change who you are. And I feel like when, you know, you're in a position, like maybe you have credit card debt, you're working a crappy job, life is just not panning out the way you want it to be. Maybe you have like a horrible spouse that nags you all the time. It's like you attracted like everything in your life, like all of these, you know, horrible situations or whatever it happens to be, you attracted that because of who you are and who you are is nothing less than, you know, the thoughts and ideas that you have in your head and the actions that you take in your life. And so if you want to change what you're getting, you need to first of all, change what you're thinking and then change what you're doing. But that takes time. You know, you, you can't change your, your entire life overnight. You can change the direction that you're headed in overnight, but you cannot change your life overnight. You cannot, it's a process. And if there's one thing I've learned from being that three time pot smoking high school dropout who had no ambition, no motivation to do anything is that, change is a slow and steady progress you need to be the tortoise over the hare and yeah man you just start small you take those baby steps and you know incrementally as time goes by and you continue to stick with your disciplines you you'll see changes in yourself you'll see changes in your attitude you'll see changes in the way you talk the way you carry yourself you'll carry yourself with more pride and confidence because you're doing things that are better for yourself you know and you know it just comes and, and here's the thing too when you're able to slowly change your habits and your thought patterns, it, you change the way you look at yourself. And self-image is everything because 
you know, the most powerful thing that we have at our disposal is the way that we view ourselves. And if you view yourself as somebody who, you know, is a loser that doesn't have a lot going on and that it doesn't have nothing to offer or to bring to the table, well, then you're going to act in alignment with that. And so it just comes down to changing the way that you view yourself. And you do that through the little tiny habits and behaviors that you do every single day, day in and day out over time. And that's what allows you to slowly change. So that's one of the things that I like speaking on. Also, I like speaking about like uh, dating and relationships and stuff like that. I really have a passion for that as well as, you know, a bunch of other topics. But like, that's kind of the gist of it. You know what I mean? So Damn, a lot of golden nuggets, man. You're, you're dropping some dimes here. I, I Thanks, bro. <laughs> cool. So, so public speaking is some, something that's tough for a lot of people. Um, they really struggle with it, whether it's um, thinking of what other people may think about them or, you know, messing up their words. Um, for you, I guess it was a little easier because you were doing performances beforehand. But just wondering, do you have any advice for, for the everyday person who's not, uh, not a performer and, um, you know, feels a little, I guess, intimidated by public speaking? Because it's a very, very common thing. You yeah. know, there are a lot of people wish that they could do it better. Or is there anything that you do to like to help calm your nerves or relax you or uh, or think about? Is this because you want to get into public speaking? <laughs> it might be. I, I may be referring to myself a little <laughs> bit, but uh, we'll leave it for the general public. Okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, if somebody came to me and they're like, yeah, I want to improve my public speaking skills, but I'm super nervous, I'm super anxious. What can I do to get over this? The first thing I would say is find and join a local Toastmasters club because this is the place where you can get your reps in. This is the place where you can go into a safe environment where everybody is just there to help everybody else grow and become better. You can practice giving speeches. They have a section of each meeting called table topics where you basically go up and you give a two minute, a two minute impromptu speech. So you go up there and you talk two minutes about whatever topic they give you. And if you're able to do this consistently, there are so many clubs that, you know, all over the place, you can, you can easily find them um, as soon as things get back to normal with this pandemic and everything like that. But um, if you just go consistently once a week, every week, you will slowly start to overcome the fear because you know repetition is the mother of skill. If you're jumping in and you're giving those speeches and you're you know talking in front of groups of people, putting yourself out there, then slowly over time, you're gonna overcome it. You're gonna overcome that, that, that tendency, you know? And so anything that you want to improve on, anything that you want to overcome, it really comes down to just doing the damn thing. Like you can spend all your time reading the books, watching the YouTube videos, you know, watching other people do it, studying, taking notes. You can do all that until you're blue in the face, but none of it matters until you yourself are actually taking the action. And so the first thing I would say, in fact, the only thing I would say is to just get up there, join a Toastmasters club and, you know, just have fun with it and put in your reps and eventually things will work out for you. That's, that's amazing, man. Really, really appreciate you dropping all these nuggets. You know, I, I, got I, know you. I got you. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to learn from it. I'm learning from it. Um, where can people find you more on, on social media if they want to follow you, um, um, follow your journey and, and your progress? Where, yeah, so uh, it's uh, Alex, uh, what is it? Alex, I am Alex Brown. So my website is IamAlexBrown.com. That's where I host my, my, my blog. I put all my content up there, all my written content. It's also where I, uh, you can contact me for my services, where I offer speaking engagements, as well as uh, coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I can help you overcome struggles such as uh, incorporating, incorporating positive habits into your life, building self-discipline, learning how to discover your gift, as well as uh, building confidence. 
And uh, same thing with Instagram. I am Alex Brown. And then you can also find me on Facebook at Alex Brown. So pretty straightforward. That's dope. That's dope. (laughs) Definitely check it out. I am Alex Brown. Dude has so much knowledge to share with you. Um, There's so much you can gain, so much value you can gain. I know, you know, just being his homie, I've already gained so much. Um, So do yourself a favor. Check him out. Hi, bro. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Um, we're going to have to chat again another time because there's so much more that we could get into. Definitely. But, um, I don't want to take up your whole day. <laughs> Appreciate it, my man. All right, bro. Take care of yourself. Good talking with you, bro. Take care.